This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, let's get to the 8 at 8 o'clock. The Ocho, eight stories to get your day going. One. Start with the Texans. Exit interviews yesterday. C.J. Stroud, the aforementioned, uh, talked about how important this offseason is going to be. Man, it's huge, man. Um, honestly, like I'm excited to get back to work, but, of course, uh, it takes time. Like, you can't just rush into it. But uh, I'm really excited to see how much this team is going to grow. Um, and like D'Amico said, man, we got to – find some way to get back to that moment and, and win that game, you know. So um, a lot of experience was, was made this year and things like that. So I'm super, super excited for the future and everything like that. Yeah, I think what's cool, and CJ kind of pointed this out a little later. He t- pointed out he's going to get to take a little bit of time off. He hasn't had to do that. He hasn't gotten to do that in a long time. But I think you hear too, Seth, that rookies going into their second year are excited about the offseason because there's no combine. There's no workouts for teams. There's no... February, like the draft process impacts your ability to get ready for your rookie season also. Like it's just, it's a much more normal off season heading into year two. Yeah. And like, like he was, like you said, and he said that he growing up was always playing basketball and then having, you know, elite 11 type stuff and seven on seven and never really had a break ever like this. So it is a weird, it's weird your rookie year when all of a sudden you've got all this, this free time really for the first time in your life. Because when you're at college, too, you know, you're going to class. You get a, Even if you're not engaged in your academics, you're still going to class and you got stuff that, that you have to do. Um, it's uh, it's kind of weird. It's really kind of weird. You get, and I feel like, hmm, I got to talk to rookies about this more. You kind of set the template for how all your off-seasons will go that first off-season. So it's good to have some structure. Because uh, uh, you can all of a sudden become a video game guy if you're not careful. You don't, you don't want like, you can be you can become a 14 hour a day video game guy because there's nothing else going on and you gotta don't you gotta be do sure it you, CJ you add a little bit of structure to your life yeah, yeah. don't don't do it two uh, the Texans and Ravens on Saturday was the most watched game ever on ESPN 31.8 million viewers watched the Texans and the Ravens it peaked at over 36 million viewers the, the 31.8 is on average. Over the course of that of that game, thirty one point eight million people viewing, on average throughout that three hour period. Um, it was a good Saturday for the NFL. The Niners and the Packers later on that night, highest highest watch, most watched game on Fox ever as well. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably I think not we're juicing these numbers. Probably non Super non Super Bowl, I would guess. Yeah, but uh, um, but yeah, that the uh, maybe most watched divisional round game. I'm not sure. But bottom line is. 
a whole lot of eyeballs on the Houston Texans on Saturday on ESPN. Yeah, and it was, uh, you know the other cool thing that Ross said was that because he was in the booth as the color commentator when he went to go to the bathroom uh, once and then when he got up to go get lunch at halftime that he could see the kind of the nervousness on the eyes of some Ravens staff. Yeah, that felt good that, for a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for a half we made them nervous. Man, thank God we thank God we had that previous blowout uh, versus the Chiefs after the Texans had a twenty four nothing lead because at halftime I my thumbs started feeling a little cocky and I'm like, ah, eh, just hold off a little bit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quite good at job, the very Seth. least I don't want to be blamed for jinxing them somehow. Yes, good so job. I'm just gonna sit back and, and wait. But yeah, I, I wonder the fact that Lamar had to give them what he termed an inappropriate speech at halftime, yeah. he got pretty frisky with the the guys. And and he wouldn't say that there was rust. Um and I don't think I don't I don't think they underestimated the Texans necessarily. It's just emotionally it's sometimes it is really hard after you've already beat a team um, to necessarily, and especially when they're on the run they're on, it's almost impossible to not let a little bit of complacency creep in. Right. It's not an awful thing or anything. And it's just, it almost might have been a little bit of a, a kick in the teeth they needed to really wake them up, especially after basically a three-week layoff. Yeah, and I, well, I'll point out, too, that the defense for the Ravens was fine. Like, the Texans did nothing yeah, that, offensively yes. in the first half. Yeah. So they were Good fine point. on defense. And then on, on offense, the Ravens were facing a strategy that they had zero film on. D'Amico Ryan's pounding a blitz button for 80% yeah. of the snaps in the first half. Good job by D'Amico to do something they weren't expecting and for the defense to go execute it. They got into the locker room at halftime in and made adjustments to it. And then they yeah. ran over them in the second half. Like, you know, that's how it went. Yeah, I wonder if he did yell at the defense or just the offense. Lamar? He at the defense. Yeah. If he yelled at the defense, I feel like uh, I feel like Rokong Smith might have been just like, hey man, like, what, Bro. what, 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 do, you, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> Yell at the punt coverage team. They're the one giving up touchdowns. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Three. All right, let's get to the Astros. They introduced Josh Hader yesterday, the newest Astro, one of the best closers in baseball, former Astros farmhand back in the day. Um, he is now the newest Houston Astro. He's also the highest paid free agent that the Astros have ever signed. Five years, $95 million. Here was his pledge to Astro fans yesterday. I promise to give you uh, all I have on the field and in the community. You know, we're excited we're psyched to, to be here, uh, to win now, and you know many years to come. So appreciate everybody here, and, and thanks, Houston. It is weird. Like, the bullpen, like, when Kendall Graveman went down with a shoulder injury, I know my take was, man, this was already a concern, and now you lose Kendall Graveman, you're sinking $8 million into him. Kudos to Jim Crane. You, you just lost a guy for the year that's making $8 million bucks, and you go out and spend $19 million a year on the yeah. best closer in baseball. So thumbs up to Jim Crane on that. But all of a sudden, like with one signing, it's flipped. We're like, oh my God, the bullpen. And now you're like, Abreu, Presley, Hater, 7-8-9. Top that, baseball. You know, it's like it's just, it's one signing flips the script. No baseball, no world baseball classic. I just I can't reiterate that enough. You don't have to worry about your, your beloved pitchers right. injuring themselves in the world baseball classic this year. Yep. Um, you called him a closer, Sean. Yeah, I know. I, I called him a closer, but Josh Hader's like, hey, man, uh, when he was asked, are you going to be the closer for this team? We signed here to, to win uh, baseball games, to win a championship. And I think, um, you know, like Dana said, uh, Ryan's on the same boat, and we're all in the same boat to, you know, do whatever we can and, and win and win ball games and, and take it to the final step. I love this. I, I mean, I, I, I think it's awesome. I, it makes me feel really, really good. And you're gonna, we're going to hear from Lance McCullers here in just a second. 
Um, but this was, uh, yeah, I just I can't say enough. Kudos to Jim Crane for spending the money on this. You know, the, the whole thing about Hater, though, too, there's something about with the Astros, because they have so much experience in the postseason, that I, like, I don't think they think it's a fluke when people are good in the postseason. You know, as long as you got enough of a sample size. His ERA in the postseason is 1.37 with uh, 33 strikeouts and five saves, 16 appearances. So it's not a huge number of appearances, but uh, I, I think that that alone right there, like that was the first thing that it really grabbed me. And I thought, like, yeah, this is about winning a championship. You know, like there, there are guys that just thrive in the playoffs and there's some guys that go Clayton Kershaw did for the first two thirds of his career. Yeah. And and I also do like that he's kind of like old school skinny. I like me a skinny pitcher with like an angular face. Yeah, he's just gonna get up it's there. Like they're whip. almost like you're a bit, you're a big, you're like a big Jordan Alvarez size guy, yeah. and you're like, why is this skinny little bastard destroying me? Torque. I like having that guy on my roster. Yeah, I think it raises some questions. You know, it's a five year deal, so they're going to be paying Josh Hader for a long time. He's only like twenty nine or thirty years old. He's still pretty yeah. young, but um, I wonder how telling this is about how they feel their chances are to get all the extensions they're looking to get with guys. You know, oh, like that they're yeah, that yeah. they're spending 19 million 4 years into the future with a new guy tells me and I don't like I don't and I don't think it's a big shock either like it tells me like all right, well we're not feeling great about Tucker signing here long term. Might not be feeling great about Bregman signing here long term. I'm curious what they feel about Altuve signing here long term. I'm kind of hoping something gets done before spring training starts up with Altuve. I so, I, I don't think I, I'm not nervous about Altuve. But I'll get more nervous if the, if no deal gets done with Altuve. Yeah, does, he, does he end up becoming the guy that you uh, yeah you take for granted, and all of a sudden yeah you know, yeah. So we'll see. What about Altuve? Altuve to the Yankees? Is that what you're suggesting? Shut, shut your God, face, Sean. I can't believe you said that. Shut your face. <laughs> Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, let's get to Lance McCullers. Lance McCullers was at the Fan Fest this weekend. He, of course, is rehabilitating from uh, arm surgery again. Uh, Surgery on his elbow, a bone spur removed, hoping that this is it, and he gets back to being the Lance McCullers of old. Here's the update from Lance McCullers himself on where he's at in his rehab. I'm back to about 80-ish feet throwing. Um, Throwing multiple times a week, feel really good. Um, You know, we all want it to go faster than it's going, but... Um, that's just the nature of, I guess, rehab. You know, last year before I had surgery, I think I was hopeful that I'd be back sometime in the, um, April, May. But when I actually had the surgery, the surgery was a little more extensive than we had thought. So, you know, we're hoping, I think my goal uh, would probably be to, you know, at least be in the conversation for a, for a summer for a summer rehab schedule and then, you know, get back here at Minimum. All right, there you go. So that's like a de facto trade at the trade at the uh, trade deadline where you're giving up nothing. You're just getting Lance McCullers at the All Star break. Yeah. Hopefully the old Lance McCullers. Yeah, yeah. That's um, I, I don't know uh, with with Lance McCullers. I guess uh, nobody's he is where he is in his career at this point, and you just don't you don't 
necessarily emotionally invest in having him for the entire season. You just hope you can have some kind of magical season where everything works out. Hope and pray because he's under contract for like three or four more years. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I I don't know where anybody else is. I guess yeah, because of that element of it. Um, I just kind of go into, I try to get into like a Zen state about it. Yeah. And I, I, I try not to desire. I don't grasp for it. I just like whatever will be, will be. And if it comes, then I will, uh, I will appreciate it at that time. And I think you and I, I think I'm saying kind of the same thing, just differently, which is like I'm yeah. viewing him as like if he comes back after the All-Star break, hey, this is like someone you just picked up in a trade and we'll see what happens. You know, like I'm yeah. not, as I look at the Astros and their chances of going and winning a World Series in 2024, and I'm doing the you know the outlook on the team. Lance McCullers isn't even on my radar right now. Like I'm you know. Okay, what are you less? What will you what will you rely less upon or expect less of? Um, Lance McCullers coming back and playing through the postseason, or Forrest Whitley making it as a reliever? Uh, Forrest Whitley for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Forrest. Yeah, <laughs> Which, it's not like he's been getting injured after going like you know. 10 starts in a row or anything. Dude, it's this pr- is it's a lot of, it's you know. Pr- it, uh, you, you read the same article I did about Forrest Whitley. Like, it's jarring how few innings he's pitched at any level, period, since getting drafted by the yeah, Astros. I, I don't feel like being a reliever is necessarily going to fix whatever issues have been causing the injury. Yeah, like, I, like, I think, I, I mean, I think this is just sort of the Hail Mary here. This is like the last hurrah with Forrest Whitley. He's saying everything's good, you know, the velocity and everything else. So we uh, we shall see. Five. Um, Hall of Fame. Class is getting announced today for Major League Baseball, the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, 5 p.m. And I think most Astro fans are saying a little baseball prayer that Billy Wagner finally gets the call to Cooperstown. It's been trending good for Billy Wagner. This is his last shot of getting in on the normal, the normal way of getting in, not the Harold Baines way of getting in a few years ago. Um, this is his 10th year on the ballot. Now, he had 68.1%. Uh, voting in favor for him last year. You need 75% to get in. It sounds like all the, the the polls that they take of people who make their votes public are trending in the right direction for Billy Wagner. I was here when Billy Wagner was the closer for the Astros, Seth. He was a beast. Um, the numbers all line up for it. Um, he's just not as sexy a closer as Mariano Rivera through the years or Trevor Hoffman or guys like that. Um, hoping he gets the call today, man. And I like Billy Wagner. You know, he's, uh, he's Billy the Kid. So we'll yeah. see what happens. See what happens. Six. All right, let's get to these quickly. Colin McHugh retiring. Colin McHugh I have fond memories of. Had a couple real good seasons for the Astros. He was part of those Astro teams back in 2013 and 2014 when they were starting to ascend a little bit. I'll never forget being at the TriStar Show, and there was Colin McHugh on a Friday at the TriStar Show, which is always kind of the C-listers. You know, Saturday and Sunday are the main eventers, and there's Colin McHugh, the most, the guy who got the most wins on the Astros pitching staff the year before, and he's got no line at the TriStar show. That would change over the next yeah. few years where you could plunk any Astro down and they'd have a line out the door, including one Colin McHugh. Great dude, great interview, huge Game of Thrones fan. That's what I'll remember from Colin McHugh. And wasn't his, uh, wasn't, his wife was pretty active on social media, right? Maybe, yeah. Wasn't she active on, on, the old X.com, or the X.com, formerly Twitter. Yeah, I don't recall. Okay. Not sure. Seven. All right, quickly, let's get to the... Why don't co- you do that research next time? About his do wife. Do research. I know, yeah. I know. I got I to be better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coaching carousel in the NFL. The Titans have named, uh, or expect to name Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator for the Bengals, their new head coach. So two, two angles here, Seth. One, Bobby Slowick can cross the Titans off his list of potential suitors. They have... 
moved on to another candidate. And number two, this is one of the teams in the Texans division. How should we be feeling as Texan fans that the Titans hire Brian Callahan, a Coop Shanistani coach, yeah. as their new head coach? Uh, he's done good work like as a quarterback's coach with Matt Stafford. He wasn't the play caller in Cincinnati. I don't think it's... I don't think he, uh, you, you know you give him credit for Joe Burrow being who he is, but he is kind of steeped in that tradition of coming from a scheme that takes quarterbacks and, if executed properly, can get the most out of them. Look, Gary Kubiak and uh, and that staff got the most out of Brock Osweiler. I think Callahan was there with Osweiler. Um, they got the most out of Brock Osweiler. That was the best Osweiler's ever been in the NFL. Um, and so for Will Levis. It, it, this might be exactly what they need to get the absolute most out of him if he's willing to really execute the scheme and everything. I Personally, it's going to be hard for me to be bullish on Will Levis. So I actually like it if like if this means they're going to give Will Levis a, a, a year, just like the Texans did with Gary Kubiak and David Carr. Yeah. Like, okay, as, as much as Gary Kubiak did great things for a lot of different quarterbacks – he spent one year with Carr and decided to go elsewhere. So I, I feel like the Titans will do the same with Levis. I think the Titans are going to be one of the worst teams in football this year. I feel strongly Ooh. about that. Yes, I feel, I'm feel i usually pretty good at picking out the one team that people think could be average but is going to be really bad. Patriots was mine last year. People are like, well, no, you got Belichick. and They'll never really bottom out. Oh, no, they bottomed out. Did they ever? They're picking third. That is the Titans this year for me. Eight. Um, last one, Philly. Two things. They are interviewing Ron Rivera for the defensive coordinator position, reportedly, which is an indicator that Nick Sirianni is going to survive the monumental collapse the Eagles had at the end of the season. Sirianni and GM Howie Roseman are expected to do a joint press conference tomorrow. That will be one of the more outside of Houston entertaining press conferences to watch, I think. You know, press conferences that have nothing to do with the Texans at all. That would be very high up on my list. A Philly... Media horde grilling Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni after that end to the season. I'm here a for good that misery tomorrow. watch. Yes, yeah, yes. Oh, we might have to put that on the petty petty cast. cast for. We might have to do a petty cast tomorrow. Absolutely. Okay. Yep, for sure, for sure. Um, so there you go. That's what's going on in Philly. Those are your eight at eight. The Ocho eight eight stories to get your your day started. All right, let's get back to D'Amico Ryan's yesterday. D'Amico Ryan's did his final press conference before we head into the off season. I, I know a lot of Texan fans are wondering, what are they going to do in free agency? We get texts every segment like, what are their top two needs? Who are they going to go sign? I think D'Amico Ryans gives a little bit of a roadmap to free agency and what it could look like this year with the Texans. I think he did that yesterday, and you'll hear it next. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 